0: Okay, welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and today is going to blow your mind. Oh yeah, I am so excited. I have Jessica Graham with me, and for those that are running, you're listening to this as you're doing other things, you're going to want to take a pause and really listen to what we're talking about because... Jessica, as I've mentioned, is an author, and her book, Good Sex, Getting Off Without Checking Out, is only one of the conversations that we're gonna be diving into today. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary feeling stuck i'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible so first and foremost let's welcome jessica jessica thanks so much for being here
1: thank you so much for having me hillary it's wonderful to be here Oh this is so great. Are you kidding? This this conversation
0: is it's almost like a double-edged sword, right? Because you've got some people when you talk about sexuality, sex has they have a very strong feeling one way or another. Rarely do you get somebody who's like yeah, neutral, right? True. Very true. Okay. So what I always like to do is I like to pass it over to you. Let's talk about the relaunches that you've had in your life that have led you to where you are today as we have this conversation.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. It's like, I feel like I'm currently in a relaunch and I feel like I've been in one relaunch or another for like many years, but there were definitely some key relaunches and some major releases for sure. Um, In some ways, the real relaunch began in my late 20s. I grew up with magical parents who also had lots of challenges my my father was an alcoholic there was addiction and mental illness on both sides of my family and i was more or less on my own at about 14 and mm-hmm. so there was a lot of surviving and there was a lot of self-medicating and there was a lot of trauma really i experienced a lot of trauma and it wasn't until you know in my late twenties, early thirties that I was actually diagnosed with CPTSD, but I knew, I knew that was the case. Um, I'd been through a lot. And so in my late twenties, I had tried many times to relaunch almost like a rocket. Like it just keeps starting and then it just falls back down. And when I was 27, I stopped drinking and that was what allowed the rocket to actually take off because (laughs) Alcohol gave me a way of avoiding the work that needed to be done. It helped me to turn off the pain, which was great because without that, I may have not made it out of my teen years. Honestly, mm-hmm. I needed it. So was
0: it, it was numbing for you. You just Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was numbing and it was also, um, it just allowed me to be comfortable in my skin and my skin was very uncomfortable because this body had been through a lot. This mind had been through a lot. This heart had been through a lot. And I was a very sensitive, very spiritual, very sensitive kid. And so there was also that factor, like there was the trauma and then there was the, it's like, it's too much. Like my desire to help and my desire to connect with other humans and animals and nature was overwhelming. And so it also, like, I needed to turn it all down because I didn't have the capacity to hold it. And I didn't have the guidance or the sort of container to allow me to grow and evolve into that in a healthy way. And so the alcohol and drugs served a very good purpose, but it got to the point where I'm so grateful. I had moments of clarity that led to, okay, I need to put that away. And that was really- Did did, did those
0: moments of clarity come from your own mind or was this, were you seeing a coach, a therapist- you know, did they bring it out in you? Because that that that's a big statement you made. You know, that all of a sudden you got clarity, and I think for a lot of people, it's tough to get that clarity, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think it was a like series of moments. You know, growing up with an alcoholic father, there was an image of well, that's what it looks like to have a drinking problem. That's not me, and so that in some ways kept me from seeing it. <laughs> But I mean, I remember, for example, being, I don't know, 15 or 16, it was my birthday and someone, someone old enough was supposed to buy me alcohol and they didn't do it. And I called somebody else. I was like, I need this. It's my birthday. My birthday is ruined. And I remember this older person saying like, that might be a problem that your birthday's ruined because you can't get alcohol. And I remember hearing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some part of me heard it right I still remember it to this day so there were many little moments like that but it wasn't until I was on top of a high-rise luxury hotel in Miami I'd been flown there because I was the star in a film at the film festival and I was being treated like a star and I was up on the top of that roof thinking I don't want to live anymore I want to jump off this roof and luckily I had gotten to know, I dated someone that was sober for a while and had started to like get an entryway into like what that might look like. And so I just had this moment where I was like, or I could try this other thing. And for whatever reason, you know, maybe higher power, I I tried the other thing. And so it, in that moment, it was just like, oh, I don't want to, I can't do this anymore. Something has to give.
0: That is that is so profound because you think about it, such a, you know, life and death <clears throat> choice, right? You've got, you've got on one hand this, you know, I don't want to live anymore. You've got your, you're up on the top of this building and then you, then you hear that, you know, voice, or you can try this. I mean, you talk about like that inner voice speaking to you. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So it was, you know, it was, that was a real turning point. And, I mean, I think it's also, it's like, here you are, you, your dreams are coming true and you're miserable. Right. Like, I think a lot of people can relate to that too. Like, because it's not about the outside stuff, right? Like not ultimately. Not
0: ultimately. <laughs> it's so I, I I can't tell you how many people I work with that on the outside. They look, I know me too, by the way, you know, for so many years on the outside, Hey, look great.
1: And on the inside, just like crumbling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and that was, that was the beginning. And for about a year, I was really just focused on, I I got, I went, I became celibate for a year um, because i had always had, I'd always had a deep connection with my sexuality. I'd always had a lot of fun. Um, I did start very young. There were some not great experiences, but I was always very sort of alive sexually. And I didn't have a lot of shame around my sexuality, which is not, very common I've come to find through the work I do, but it was very checked out. You know, there was a lot of, again, drugs and alcohol involved, and I wasn't really in my body. I wasn't really present. And I'd had a lot of really dysfunctional relationships and some of them abusive and some of them, you know, just, they were just a mess. It was a mess. And so I was like, I need to like, not only not drink, but I need to take a break from this whole other thing too. Oh man!
0: (laughs) Okay, so now we're not drinking, we're not having sex. Okay, Uh, I got to keep you keep it going on this story because I I know where it ends up. This is the good news, but I mean those are big big decisions, big decisions, and so you decide. You know, hey, I'm going to go inward. I'm going to do a lot of soul searching, Mm -hmm. and. What, what came out of that year?
1: Well, um, I developed a connection to my spirituality, which I hadn't had since I was a kid. Um, I tried to find again, but I couldn't, but I, I, it it arrived, you know, this beautiful relationship with something, uh, mysterious that has continued to evolve and change and, and, and show itself in so many different ways over the years. So this, this relationship with my spirituality, um, I started to develop a relationship with self-love
0: hmm. again,
1: something I had tried and and tried, but I, I was, I was blocked and it's not that I didn't make any progress, but it was so slow. And during that year really start to change. And, um, I ultimately ended up in a really loving, really healthy relationship and started exploring sex without drugs and alcohol. And, um, so before, before we go into that, when you talk about
0: you developed, you know, self-love or you started to really create, you know, almost like a practice around
1: it, what did you do? What were some of the things that you did? Well, at that time, and again, this is so long ago that now it's like, it would be a totally different answer if you asked me today, but you know, back then, I mean, there was a lot of releasing let me tell you a lot of crying. Yep. We love those relaunch effect steps. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And a lot of affirmation. I did a lot of affirmations, a lot of just like saying kind, loving things to myself, just wrapping Mm. myself up in bed and being like, I love you. You're, you're, you're lovable. You're good enough. A lot of that. Um, And for those
0: people that don't realize how powerful it is, Why are affirmations, if you were if if you're listening out there and you haven't really done affirmations, how how do you explain that to people when you first start working with them that those are so important?
1: Yeah, well, one thing is that for many of us, unfortunately, we are doing affirmations every day, all day, and they're not nice. Mm. Um, a lot of us have a very, very, very negative self-talk, and we can be unconscious to it. Um, so if that's happening we want to at least start to tip the scales right like if that's already happening but ultimately what you're filling your mind with is how you're experiencing the world it's how you're experiencing that is yourself so good what we fill our mind with
0: is how you're experiencing the world mm-hmm. absolutely because your thoughts are just so you know what you think today
1: shows up tomorrow and eat, or even today, like, I mean, I could yeah have, like I could really like actually, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. There's a few things that I'm like, oh boy,
0: we better change that right away because we need, we can't have that today. <laughs> Today's yeah. been already a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it just doesn't mean that we're resisting or repressing or pushing down the negative. It's not like be positive all the time. It's that also open up to the positive perspective. And look, we are all inherently lovable, inherently worthy just as we are, no matter how much work we have to do, no matter, you know, how much healing or no matter how much pain we've caused others, we are still inherently worthy of love and of kindness. And that is hard for us to believe and doing something like an affirmation practice can help us to start to believe it. It will then reflect how others treat us and it will reflect on how we treat each other as well.
0: Mm, That is so true. And the thing that people
1: do is that, when things
0: don't happen instantaneously, like you say those affirmations and the third, the fourth, the fifth day, you're still like, I'll just, I don't even believe it. I'm still not believing it, but there's this point that comes where all of a sudden you do start to believe it. Like you've said it enough. You're like moving into the, you know, the neuroscience behind it that, you know, you repeat. The emotions and the feelings over and over. And I think it's, you know, 67 days is, is the magic number, right? This 21 day business is is nonsense, but at the 67 day mark, you can actually create a new neuro highway for that new affirmation, which is just so incredible. But I, I see so many people give up on it, right? Mm -hmm. These aren't, these aren't working. It's not working for me. But, you know, as you, you just kept, you got to keep going with it.
1: Yeah, it's it's so important to continue. And, and, I, and what you say about the emotions, I think is a really important part of this too. And that's something that today is very much incorporated into my self-compassion and self-love practice, which is to create the feelings I want to feel. So it's not just about thinking the thoughts. It's also how would I feel right now if I was fulfilled and in joy and feeling loved and Feeling at peace. What would that feel like in my body? And because I've been working somatically for so many years now, I can pretty quickly generate those emotions, those emotional sensations within my body. And then, so for
0: people for people who don't know what somatic
1: means, can you share a little bit about that? Body based work. So the, the soma is the body. So working with what's going on physically, and there's that's a huge part of how I work for myself as well as how I work with with other folks. Um, And before I started exploring that around this age that we've been moving up towards, um, I was living from the head up for the most time, most of the time, unless something was so extreme that I could feel it, like felt so good, hence drugs and alcohol, lots of sex, Or so bad, you know, which I definitely had a lot of lows. Otherwise it was like, I didn't experience my body. And so learning to experience the body is a huge part of the healing journey and just a huge part of, you know, having a good life really. So you ended up falling in love or, you know, having
0: this amazing relationship that kind of allowed you to touch into the having sex again and having sober sex.
1: Yeah. Having sober sex and having, um, you know, a loving communicative relationship where I wasn't being mistreated and I also wasn't mistreating the other person and like running away. Um, so it sort of started to break some patterns and ultimately, you know, I continued to grow and meditation became part of my life in a really significant way. And I started to have these sorts of awakenings around how I experienced myself in the world, like sunsets, I'd never seen a sunset before. Like food, I'd never tasted food before. Um I sometimes describe it it was like for a while it was like being on a low dose of like Xanax and LSD for like months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was <laughs> unbelievable. It was like being unplugged from the matrix, really. Um and so everything started to change again and I realized wait a second, if life is changing in these like really phenomenal ways, I bet my sex life would really transform in awesome ways and be even better if I brought these sort of principles of mindfulness of spirituality into my sex life.
0: Okay. So you've just changed millions of people's minds out there now on meditation who are saying, I'm not going to meditate. Now they're like, they're believers. If you're saying, Hey, your
1: sex is going to get better. If you start meditating, it's like, sign me up now. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. And it's not just the sex. it's It's really everything. And that's not to say mm-hmm. that meditation is a magic bullet. And it's not to say there aren't some side effects to meditation. It's like we can get real, like, oh, meditation is the best. And as a meditation teacher, I don't talk about it that way because it's just like everything. It's, it's, there's multiple layers, but yes, it will improve your sex life. It will improve your sleep. It will. Lower so you heard, stress. you heard everyone out there. You heard her say magic bullet,
0: not, we're not talking silver bullet yet, but we're talking magic bullet. So this is something when you talk meditation and you're talking about. Thinking about, you know, how you can be more evolved with your sexual, you know, relationships and everything. What, what kind of meditation? like, what, what are you, what are we
1: thinking about at that point when we're meditating? So I think, I mean, it really depends on the person, you know, everybody's unique. Everybody got their own unique way of being on a path. I will say that the very first step is to become aware of the sensation of pleasure, where so many of us we're not actually experiencing the amount of pleasure that's available during sex whether that's sex with ourselves or sex with someone else there's a sort of move towards the climax moment and there's also all the anxiety that's going on um, one of the number one things people ask me about is orgasm anxiety and that's people of all genders but certainly women um you know it, am i am i not is am i not climaxing fast enough am i climaxing too fast is it you know, am I too loud? Do I smell weird? Do I taste weird? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it just goes on and on, which I had all of those too, you know? Well, yeah. Um, so what's interesting is that, and I'm, I just want
0: to, I want to ask you this question as we're talking about it, because it came up for me is that I've heard that for men, it takes two to three minutes to climax, but for women, it takes 45 upwards of 45 minutes. Is, is that a accurate statement? Have you, is that what you're finding with your
1: clients or with scientific evidence? (laughs) What I, what I believe those stats are referring to is the amount of time it takes for a full arousal. So for a full orgasm for full, full, um, physical and mental and emotional arousal to be, to be, to be a fully aroused takes women a lot longer Mm -hmm. as far as climax. I mean, uh, that, that really depends. I I have a lot of men come to me who can't climax. And that's actually why they're coming to me because they're unable Mm -hmm. to climax. They can have an erect, get an erection, but they can't have a, have a climax. Um, So I think it really varies, but I believe those stats have to do with um, full arousal and women have this idea that their bodies should respond in the same way that Men's do. So oftentimes there's like shame around using lube or around saying, hey, I actually need a lot more foreplay.
0: Isn't that the truth? I think that people aren't even aware that because we're not taught that way. We're not taught that, hey, yeah, it is going to take a woman a lot longer. And so you can, you know, you you start to feel like, oh my God, this is taking a long time, a long time, a long time. Is that why they're are so many, you know, times that you could fake it, right. You fake it because it's just like, oh my God, it's taken forever. Like just be done, be done. I've got to get on with the kids. I got to
1: get on with my, you know, go to work. I got to, I mean, what do you think about that? Right. Well, and that's not the kind of sex we want to be having, right. That no. doesn't sound like good sex, right. That's but yeah, not that's, fun. That's uh-uh. not fun sex. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. But that is, I mean, a lot of people are having that kind of sex and Um, And there's a lack of communication. There's a huge lack of communication around sex um, within relationships, because like you said, we're not taught this. We don't learn in sex ed as teenagers to talk about sexual pleasure. Like that's not what they're teaching us. I mean, they're finally teaching some consent, but it's like, you know, there's, there's no information around this. You don't you don't learn how to be in a romantic or sexual relationship. You watch the your parents, which usually there's some issues there. Oh you know, God. I'll never forget when I
0: walked in on my parents. Oh my <laughs> God. It's still like, you know, blazoned in my brain. <laughs> As my dad is like, you know, turns his head and looks me in the eye. I'm like, oh no,
1: yikes! Oh my God. No, I didn't see a race, erase. erase. <laughs> oh. See, me, on the other hand, to give you a glimpse into me, I was purposefully trying to spy on my parents. Oh, my God. Seriously? (laughs) I was just so interested. I was so fascinated about sex from such a young age. So, but yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that, like, our parents aren't teaching us how to talk about sex necessarily. I mean, maybe now, younger generations, but. Um, we also don't g- really get relationship and communication modeled even, you know, some of us had amazing childhoods with a- parents with amazing relationships, but most of us didn't. And so the idea well, at that
0: least, least 50% of us have divorced families and you know, so at there least half go. of us didn't, didn't get that. But you know, what you said is, um, it's interesting to me when you think, I was thinking, how did I learn about relationships really it was the movies it's movies it was tv shows i mean that's where i, w- I would say majority right
1: yeah music majority movies. of people yeah yeah and and they're these are not really the models that we want ultimately no <laughs> for the most right. part because right. it's either giving us some fairy tale version that's just absolutely untrue lately and how are we going to ever map meet that ideal? Or it's giving us, you know, sort of these toxic, like, love, like, love bombing, and like, just like, I can't live without you, I need you kind of stuff. And like, that's not really ultimately what we want either. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when we're 16, it can be fun. But as adults, you know, we want to be able to have, you know, a mature kind of relationship with each other. So, so yeah. And then, of course, we, we can't leave porn out of this conversation either, which, mm. um, you know, I don't yeah. want to get into a big conversation mm-hmm. about it because it, to me, it's very complex. I'm not anti-porn, but there's a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. And if that's how you're learning about sex as a kid, because as an adult, we can choose our content. We can say, I'm going to watch ethical porn made, you know, made in ethical ways. And I know it's a movie. It's not real. But as a kid, um, we we don't know that. And we can't source ethical porn or understand it. And so a lot of kids um, are learning well, that way. Cha- it's
0: changed so much. If you think about, you know, when when we were kids or I was a kid, you know, the, the boys had Playboy magazines, right? Which was ethical in a sense, right? That was like mild compared to what they can get today online. You know, I don't even know if there are magazines anymore, because why would, why do they need to be? They just go online and they you know, they can look up anything and, and see far too much, almost to the point where it could cause trauma. But that's yeah. a different conversation. And yeah. I, just heard, <laughs> I just heard something on Clubhouse this morning about that, that it's like, it has changed so dramatically. But besides, you know, that part of it, I think what, what you've said kind of triggered something in me that if the younger women of today are basing you know, their relationships and they're having to, you know, for the guys that are watching online porn and these, you know, kind of unrealistic women, then all of a sudden it puts even more pressure on the girls of today because, you know, we don't all look like those girls in the movies and, you know, that are showing their bods all over the place. So it's a pressure cooker for so many.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it goes, and it goes both ways. I mean, there can be unrealistic expectations around what, what men are supposed to look like too. And, That's you true. know, and also what, what sex is supposed to look like, you know, it's, yeah. it, there is no right way. If you want to have sex like that, awesome. But know that there are lots of different ways to have sex and porn is, it's directed, it's got, there's lights, there's camera, there's action, you know, it's, it's a very different thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I, we, we are not informed in general around how to talk about sex. And so that tends to be when it really comes down to it, coming back to like your question around like, oh, I just, I need to go take care of the kids. I'll just fake it. Right. It's like, we can't say to our partner, Hey, I've been noticing that when we're having sex, I'm kind of tuned out a bit and I'm thinking about other things and I was wondering if maybe we could maybe try some try something new, maybe try this mindful sex exercise or maybe spend a little bit of time just talking about our desires. We don't do that because we don't we don't know that we can, really. Mm-hmm. But we can. We really can. And so
0: you've come through this journey where all of a sudden you have opened up this, you know, within yourself, this whole spiritual sexuality journey. And how did it come about where all of a sudden you're, I'm going to help others in this same way that I've been helping myself?
1: Yeah. Well, I started teaching meditation pretty shortly after I, I got really into it because my teacher said, Hey, you should teach. So I was like, well, okay. Um, so I started doing that. So I started supporting other people in that way. And to be honest, even as a teenager, I was kind of like a sex coach. My friends would all come to me and they would ask like, like if someone got pregnant and needed to find out what their next step was, they'd come to me. If somebody didn't know how to perform oral sex, they'd come to me. Like people always just came to me to ask about this. So I kind of, in a way I was already doing it. Um, but flash forward. So I kind of had this spiritual awakening and I really wanted it to pour into my sexuality as well. I was ready for that, but my partner who was really loving and really wonderful wasn't interested. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he just wasn't interested for, you know, complex reasons, but um, so I started the journey on my own, just with myself and my own sexuality. I started exploring self-pleasure in new ways. I started just Feeling my body more while I, for example, read erotica or, you know, noticed the sensuality of certain clothing, just started tuning into these aspects of myself and asking for what I needed. And we saw sex therapists and we talked about it. But ultimately, it was time to move on. And I did. And after doing all of that work kind of on my own, my next relationship, which I'm still in today, over 10 years later, was like, Full on sexual awakening, like just like how awesome is that? It was amazing. <laughs> it was oh amazing. God, I love that's the silver lining right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- some of the most amazing experiences of my life, um, for sure. And and that's when, at that point, I had started writing about meditation, and I had started writing about my spiritual journey. And I was like, I think I want to write about this. So I started writing about sex and spirituality and mindfulness for a blog called Deconstructing Yourself. And um, it was a series called Mindful Sex, which you can you can still find today. And I just kept writing. And ultimately, um, I kept teaching meditation. I started doing one-on-one one work, kind of a spiritual life coach kind of thing. You know, I've never really called myself a coach exactly, but I was doing a version of that. And I started supporting people a little more around sex. And then I was asked to write a book and the book Okay. So came, hold on. If you, yeah. if you don't
0: call yourself a coach, what do you call yourself?
1: Well, I tend to call myself a um, guide.
0: I love that. <laughs> I think that is so perfect. Thank yes. You. Yes. You're a guide. Yeah. And Okay. Know, so, I, yeah. so when you, when you start to work with people now, How do you start? Like, how do you, what would you, if, you know, if we're coming to you first time, like how do you even begin to start working with somebody?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I do is we identify like what's, what's going on here because usually if someone comes to me for something around sex, there's other stuff going on as well. Right. It's not usually just a sex problem. Right. Right. Um, usually there's other stuff there. And so I I do work a lot around trauma Mm -hmm. and helping to resolve trauma. And I'm I'm in a in a training right now with a wonderful uh trauma resolution coach and guide named Rachel Maddox. And she's got something called the Rebloom coach training. And I'm in that right now because while I've been working for years supporting other people with, with trauma, I wanted to get deeper skills and I also want a certification because then I feel like I can you know, it's just, it's just important. So, um, so I do end up supporting people a lot around trauma resolution and grief resolution. So I am certified in a type of grief coaching and I do a lot of grief work with people. So usually most people that come to me, we are doing some work around grief, around trauma, around self-love and around self-compassion sometimes someone comes to me and it's just like, yeah, let's just explore sexuality and just have fun. And that's not usually the type of person that comes to me though. Um, that's not really like, it's, it's not who I tend to draw in. So usually we, start there are with- other, there are other sites for that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: There's, there's some very like specifically to that, just, you know, increasing your sexual, you know, prowess and, and how to, you know, masturbate better and all that so yeah yeah, there's definitely you're really you're going for the core you're going for like what's going on underneath that
1: yeah and that's what that's yeah that's what's most um kind of rewarding and regenerative Mm. for me to be able to see people have those kinds of transformations and I think because of what I've been through Mm. and my life path I can uniquely support people in that like you're not going to tell me something that's going to shock me. And I can sit with you while you tell me about some pretty intense, painful experiences and I'll get it. Um, and I, I think, bet you've, I bet you've heard it all. I've heard a lot. Yeah. 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 I bet yeah. you've been doing this a while now.
0: So I bet, I bet you've heard the stories. So yeah. Yeah. Which is
1: such, such an honor, you know, such
0: an honor. It, You know what, isn't it? It's an honor to be able to help people in that way for sure. So If I were to say, all right, you know, for those listening, maybe we don't have, you know, let's say that the non-trauma, what, what are some tips to have better sex? Yeah. Well, let's, let's call a spade a spade and just get to the nitty gritty of what people want. (laughs) (laughs) We want better sex. We want (laughs) awesome, out of control (laughs) sex every time. Yeah. my is probably
1: going to be listening like, Oh God, what is she saying? <laughs> but, but yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is part of what I would, what, what I'd explore in a first session with someone as well. So some of these beginning steps are one of the first things I do suggest is actually an embodied self-pleasure or mindful masturbation practice. And this is going to get you in touch with pleasure. Mindful and masturbation. Mindful <laughs> I just, masturbation. I was just like, I was absorbing that. I'm like, Oh, I love that. Okay. All right. Tell us,
0: tell us more.
1: Yeah. So I, I'll just give you the basics of it so then people can go ahead and give it a try. Um, so the idea is that you treat it as a practice. So you have a timer and, um, and you have maybe some lube if, if that's part of your self-pleasure practice, But other than that, you put everything else aside. So you put aside toys, you put aside porn, you put aside fantasy, not because I have any problem with any of those things, but they're just not part of this practice. You want to create a really cozy place, like maybe your bed, maybe the couch, maybe pillows and cushions on the floor. You can get as kind of uh, romantic with yourself as you want. And then you start to explore the body. And usually I say to try this for about 10 or 15 minutes. The first time you start to explore your body with your hands, but you don't go right to masturbation. So you wouldn't go right to the genitals instead. It's like stroke your face, maybe pull your hair, maybe tickle your collarbones, start to explore your own body with different kinds of touch, different kinds of pressure and see what actually feels good. What turns you on? What makes your thighs tingle? What gets you warm all over? And you might discover that there's things that you didn't even know that you liked. And you might also discover there's some things you didn't know you didn't like, right? Like, I would be like, well, my partner always squeezes my nipple like that, but actually I don't really like that now (laughs) that I'm getting present with it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just good information to have. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) You better know what you like. (laughs) Right, exactly. And that's a lot of what this is about is like getting to know your pleasure. It's like mapping out your pleasure. And ultimately you may end up going to masturbation. You may end up starting to explore the genitals. And if you do, the invitation is to treat it like it's the first time, to treat it like you've never touched yourself before, to treat it like a brand new adventure. So you're not gonna go right to whatever your normal thing is because this exercise isn't about getting off. You might, you might have an orgasm, you might have many, or you might have none. And that's not the point. The point is that you're finding out what feels good and what it's like to be present with your body. And it's a meditation because you're continually bringing your attention back to the sensations of pleasure in your body. You will get pulled into the mind just like any other meditation. It's the number one thing people will complain about when they start is mm. like, keep getting pulled into my thoughts. That'll happen. It's fine. You have a human Do brain you music going. You could. Yeah. Okay. okay. If that's supportive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And do you recommend, do you recommend no
0: alcohol or are we like, can we have a glass of wine? Or are you just saying,
1: get to know yourself at that
0: really raw level?
1: I would say to do what feels most safe and Mm -hmm. pleasurable. Um, my kind of initial initial reaction would be to not include any stimulants, but for some people that might be what's necessary in order to Mm -hmm. start the journey. And so I wouldn't, say no ultimately like the most uh, basic version of the practice is really nothing just you cozy space a timer and some lube perhaps but you you make it your own really everything I offer is an invitation you know so this is an invitation it's a collaboration you get to create what you want from it so yeah and when you know when the timer goes off maybe you've orgasmed maybe you haven't um maybe you've had an orgasmic experience but you mm. haven't necessarily climaxed great yeah. um usually what i like people to do is to jot down a few notes afterwards what was that like for me just what was that like for this me this is quite know. the journal it is it is quite the journal <laughs> this is a little
0: bit different than the journaling that i recommend my business women use but hey i think you know we can expand We are not just, you know, these very, you know, we're, we're so narrowly focused. We like to do lots and lots and lots of things. So we have a new, we have a new journal entry. This is going to be one of those, like, you know, the old diaries where we're going to have to lock it up to make sure that the kids don't read it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? Like business is creative and creativity <laughs> and sexuality. The energy of those two are one in the same. So when you're turned on, when you're tuned in, when you're connected with your sexual energy and aliveness, then it's going to show in your business as well. So i agree a hundred
0: percent everything is so interrelated and we try to have like you know this part of our life our business life this part our relationships this part our personal you know self-development no it's all one and the same everything is you know this wonderful big figure eight that just mm. keeps going around and ah love that yes mm. okay so Any other just quick tip, one more tip that you could give us that would complete this? We've got, you know, the, the practice of the meditation, masturbation meditation, we've got the journaling it. Any,
1: any others that you could think of? Well, I just want to add really briefly that you may run into some emotions arising when you do that mindful Mm -hmm. masturbation practice and that coming back to the theme of self love, your mindful masturbation practice could be something like, Oh, sweetheart, I love you so much. Mm. I'm right here with you. I love you. It might just be wrapping your arms around yourself and just being with yourself. Right. So there's no wrong way. I just want to be really clear that your body leads, your body leads Mm, and listen to your heart. Yeah. And then of course you can bring those principles of pleasure awareness into sexual partner, right? Like rather than in your mind about, am I doing it right? Do I look right? Or have the kids eaten yet? You know, you're actually drawing your attention down into the entire body, not just the genitals. That might be a good place to start with pleasure awareness during sex, but really it's the whole body. So really uh, bringing that into sex is is just like a next logical step. Um, and so That's, I mean, that's sort of a beginning of pleasure awareness during sexual activity. You can support yourself by also spending a few minutes each day just sitting down and focusing on just general pleasure, not necessarily sexual pleasure, but noticing pleasure in your body, as well as savoring pleasure throughout the day. Anything pleasurable, the the crispy lettuce in your sandwich, the the sun on your back when you go outside to get the mail, the, you know, the feeling of peeing when you really have to pee, you know, like these are all pleasurable moments. And so the more you can savor those moments throughout the day you can even make a, a pleasure list at the end of the day, kind of like a gratitude list, but like three moments of pleasure. That I had today. Is so great. <laughs> that is a, that is
0: another good one. That's just, you know, yet another journaling prompt. Yeah, I like absolutely. this. Okay. Well, you know what, I, it, this, this time has flown by. I mean, okay. You have enlightened Me, I'm sure that people out there are like, wow, had never thought of it like this. I think it is absolutely an an insanely great idea. I love it. I love, love, love it. And I wanted to get right into the rapid fire questions. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Are you nervous? A little bit. (laughs) Okay. All right. So when we were growing up, there you know cosmo was the magazine right and it always had something about sex as you know kind of the the headline something it always did and the one thing that if you were to pick up the magazine right now what is your favorite topic like outside not just the the sex topic but what would a headline be for you and what you would write
1: about Post-traumatic growth. Oh. So yes, post-traumatic stress, sure. And all of the beautiful growth and expansion and gifts mm. and silver linings that can come from going yeah. through the tough things we go through. Yeah.
0: That's, you know, making it real, right? Uh, okay. So when you are by the pool, and you are sipping on a non-alcoholic drink. What is that drink? What's your
1: favorite? Ooh, um, well, I've recently really enjoyed uh, a drink. I don't know, I I know it's here in LA, but called Vibes, which is a CBD infused uh, fruit drink, which has no sugar. It's like Stevia sweetened. And I find it really works. I have chronic pain. And so CBD is really helpful. And I really love it. It's, you know, that's kind of my special drink now.
0: Oh, I love that. I'll try it. I haven't, I haven't even seen it.
1: Okay. And
0: from the beauty side of the counter, what is your favorite beauty product by name?
1: Okay. Well, I've Instagram got me with glossier. Mm-hmm. They have these like great ads. It's not really for my age demographic, but it got me and they have, um, an eyeliner and, um, it's the liquid, it's their liquid eyeliner pen. And then they also have their, um, lip stains, which I really love. So I can't name either of them, but the company is Glossier. Okay. And by the way, your, your lips are the bomb right now I, Thank
0: for them you. watching this on the video. Yeah. Definitely a great lip color on you. Looks good. Okay. Now, I always ask this question What does a powerhouse of possibility
1: mean to you? A powerhouse of possibility is to be awake to this moment right now. The possibilities are endless. You are stardust. You are the universe. And it's all right here right now. Mm, That is very, very good. So if people are
0: interested in working with you, finding out more about you, where can they, where can they go?
1: Yeah. You can go to yourwildawakening.com. And um, I my passion is really working with couples. And that's a lot of kind of what I'm focused on at this point. I still do one a lot of one on one work, but um, love working with couples. You can get more information about that at my site. And then I'm also an actor and a filmmaker. And um, I really believe in being all the things and sexuality, creativity, all of it. And so I have a couple films out right now. One of them is called The Tangle. It's a lyrical sci-fi that I made with my partner, Christopher Soren Kelly, and that's available on Amazon. And then I also have a short film that I directed called Into Light. That's about the suffragist, Annesma In- Holland, who uh, fought for the women's right to vote and died for the cause actually. And um, that's available on Amazon as well. So a couple, a couple films you can check out if you like. So for all of you who just heard that, yes, you heard that correct. She's
0: also an actress. She is, or I guess they call actors. You're an
1: actor. And then you also, did you direct, right? What was it? I I, I produced and acted in The Tangle and then produced. I di- directed the, the short Into Light. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought I heard pretty much everything. So <laughs> kudos to you.
0: Thank you. And... And she does the spirituality and sexual, you know, kind of you're, you're creating the next sexual revolution for people to really own up to themselves and what's deep within. And I just, I admire you so much. So thank you so much for being on the show today and for enlightening all of us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. What a complete pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com relaunchco.com podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.